This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome back to Claret and Blue. We've got another wacky idea for you today. Uh, as often with our with our content at the moment, we kind of think of the titles first and then work out what the content will be after the fact. Um, we've got a big spreadsheet of about 30 ideas. Well, we've got some great titles, but we don't really know what we're going to talk about. So Matt Kendrick, would you, would you like to reveal this week's title and then I'll explain what the format is? The working title that we came up with is Your Ah! Um, which that's the bit in the uh, quote marks I don't think we've quite sussed the the, the back end of the title but it's basically trying to find out kind of the the rubbish rubbish rubbishist rubbish yeah that's his word isn't it rubbishist is that a word it, it, yeah, the it worst, is, it is worse, yeah. yeah, the crappiest Villa players from the last ten years. Anyway, it's what we're going to try and do is find an ultimate winner from the last ten years who we think between the three of us is the worst player that's played for Villa in the last ten years. It's not. It's not about the winner. There's twenty players here who are all very rubbish. It's the taking part that counts. They're all poor. They all deserve to be here. Originally, we were just going to go through and pick a top five, but we've decided to make it a World Cup of worst football players. So we've got four groups, mm. A, B, C and D, with five players in each group. The winner and the runner-up from each group go through, they play each other in a quarter-final, then a semi-final, then a final, and then we'll find out who the worst Aston Villa player is from the last 10 years. But as we've just said, there's a lot of bad names in this list. So Yeah, if we can't decide, can we, do, can we just do a really kind of random anagram? So, do you want me to reveal Group A? Yeah, go on. What have we got? So, I think this is the group of death, having just scrolled through it. We've got Jolene Lescott. Boo! <laughs> Leandro Bakuna. Boo! I'm not going to do it all the way through. That's okay. enough now. Stephen Ireland. Alexander Tonev. Grant Holt. That is a difficult group, I think. Very, very difficult. Right, Lescott, Lescott and Tonov. Next, <laughs> next group. <laughs> Did see, you want some chatter around this? See, I think Bakuna gets in there for me. I would go nah, Bakuna. He wasn't that, nah. wasn't that bad though, was he? He was awful, Bakuna. He's, got, he's one of the worst footballers I've seen in my oh, time. Come on. Bit. Really? Come on. For me, nah, come on. Nah, that, that's pretty pretty harsh, man. Really? Wow. Like, okay, so with, with Bakuna, the Bakuna situation is he was all right until he spoke so it's not his footballing ability sounds like us to be honest doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) do do we not remember do we not remember that back pass against Southampton and the year we went down we just booted it back towards the goalkeeper but I think with Bakuna there's a fair bit of there's a little bit of good Whereas there's other players, there's no good. Not the free kicks, you mean? There's no good at all. I remember there being a lot of talk about, well, well, he's decent on set plays. I don't know what the stats are, but I don't. I only seem to remember him scoring like two or three free kicks. Like he wasn't that special at them. But we're not. We're not trying to argue that he was really good. No, I know that, but. Like, just not that he was the worst Villa player of the last decade. Maybe I'm forgetting how bad Tonev was. Or maybe with Tonev, it was because there was so much hype before we signed with all the YouTube videos and stuff, and he was just so disappointing. What I will say out of this group is we we are missing out Stephen Ireland really he should be got, like it, for me it should be less Scott and Ireland do you think <sighs> when you when you're selling James Milner right and you get Stephen <laughs> Ireland in return and he does nothing 
Yeah, but he, like, but he got fair. Superman pants, hadn't he? And he got a car with big wheels and he got a shark tank <laughs> in his house and he smoked a shisha pipe. I saw him pipe. getting a tattoo once. I saw him getting a tattoo once and he was playing FIFA whilst the, the artist was kind of um, tattooing his back. And he was playing as Man City on amateur and scoring, <laughs> passing to himself all the time to score. Oh my God, that's the best story I've heard. That's very good. I love that. Do you often to get peer through the windows of these places, James? <laughs> no, no, my mate was getting a tattoo and there's... He looks like he, he's, he was bald as well and he had a beard, so he's like upside down head. And they're both sitting next to each other and they look like the same guy. And I was like, why is he playing? He don't play FIFA. Uh, well, it was Stephen Ireland, yeah. And uh, loads of Villa players go there, so... Uh I don't. I just. I have. It was just bizarre. Listen, I, I'm not in the in the habit of of defending terrible players or players who don't do anything in, in Claret and Blue when we're expecting uh, expecting much more from them. What I would say about Stephen Ireland, he was kind of. It was kind of the the adopted child that nobody wanted really because he was signed <laughs> yeah. when there wasn't a manager. <laughs> you know, kind of O'Neill had gone, and I think. Kevin McDonald's probably in temporary charge. Gerard Houllier quickly made it known that he didn't like him. Um, you know whether it was, you know whether it was the the fact that he played FIFA in tattoo parlours or what. <laughs> Gerard just didn't took took an instant disliking to him. And I think he knew. I think he knew that, that a couple of years previously he'd been the kind of on the brink of a very exciting Manchester City team before they really exploded. Uh, yeah. and was the main man, found out that Manchester City had kind of won the lottery, but he, he wasn't around to, to kind of enjoy, enjoy the success. And I, I just think he felt displaced, to be honest. And yeah, I, I, I don't know, perhaps I'm cutting him, cutting him a bit too much slack because I remember seeing him at the Etihad playing for Manchester City. He's a very, very good player, a very good player, which probably makes it worse that we got to see the, the worst of him, really. Yeah, I think out of the, the five there, Ireland and Pakuna stand out to me as being the ones where I'd... Less got as well, to be fair, now, now I'm thinking about it, where attitude was also a problem or, or application was a problem that, I don't I mean, Bakuna wasn't, I don't think, talented. Stephen Ireland did have a little bit about him, but didn't didn't apply himself and didn't didn't look interested at any point. Bakuna, when he got to the stage that, oh, yeah, again, we're going down, and all the fans are on his back, and he said some stupid things in the press and all the rest of it. Again, I'm not defending him, but at that point, he'd given up completely. And that's what stands out to me as things that, that kind of, mark their card for me that I go I don't like them for that reason it's less about the footballing ability it's just that I didn't like you as a person while you were playing for us either <laughs> it's tough because you kind of do you want to judge this on what they've said and what they've done or their ability because if it's ability and application it's probably Tone Evan Island that go through over uh, over anyone else yeah. but then you think of like what Lescott said or yeah. what Bakuna said and it, it, it twists it but Poor, poor, I really poor think old Grant Holt hasn't Ireland had a mention yet. <laughs> Grant Holt is, is, is it's got just a, pointless. Yeah. He's got a way right in this group here that he's actually not that bad compared to the others. His, his attitude is probably fine. <laughs> he's just not a very good footballer. <laughs> not the right sign at the right time. The only possible time you, you sign Grant Holt for a Premier League club is that moment when he's on the up. You certainly don't know when he's a spent force. Yeah. To round up then, because we're on group A and we're 10 minutes in, so I'm keen, keen, keen to crack on. I'm saying Les Scott wins this group. Can we, have we actually, I know you want to crack on, but do we need to talk about Les Scott? Do we just need to flash that tweet on the screen? Yeah, the car tweet, the like, the weight off my shoulders thing, the abysmal footballing ability. I mean, what else do you want me to say? That's enough. You get, you get to my vote, mate, to be yeah. honest. Like, if it was me, I'd have Les Scott and, and, and Tonev going through. What about you, James? This is a really tough group, to be fair. For the sake of it, I'm going to go for Lescott as the winner because I think you kind of have to. And I'm going to go for Tonev. Okay, so that's that's. we'll go Tonev just by numbers. I would have gone Bakuna, but we'll go Tonev. So Lescott the winner, Tonev runner-up just for the purposes of this draw, yeah? 
Group B, some interesting names. First of all, Ross McCormack. Tiago Elori, who I totally forgot about. Andre Moreira, who I also forgot about. Simon Dawkins, who I only remember because of the turning the lights off at Bodymore Heath thing. And Carlos Sanchez, <laughs> who's a left field shout from Twitter. Is Sanchez a bit harsh to be in there? Was he that bad? Yeah, Sanchez is brutal. That's brutal. Do, do you think? He was rubbish I'm, as well, though. I think he's well, one like of those every, who've got everyone that... Everyone just nick- says he's rubbish. I think yeah, it, it's kind of scanning through these groups. There's, a, there's an obvious bad one, and again, we've done it randomly, but we've we've done it quite well. There's an obvious bad one. And there's a, there's a semi-obvious. Uh, they're not that bad compared to the others. So I think Sanchez is the he's he was bad, but he's not as bad as the rest there. The thing I'd say about Sanchez is he probably suffers from you know crap nickname syndrome a bit like Ron Villar was concrete <laughs> yeah. Ron and then had to be wrapped up in cotton wool all the time Carlos Sanchez was, was the rock you know <laughs> the rock he's more like you know he's more like a stick of candy floss than he is the rock you know do you know what I mean it's a, it's a very yeah. kind of sea, seaside confectionery reference yeah. that I've made there but yeah I, I think it's a bit harsh to get him in there I, I just I, seem to remember been never being able to make a pass over five yards and always just being very frustrating always internationally look decent then comes back to Villa and it is poor great hair though I mean, if you if you were trying to pick Villa Villa players for a Jackson Five tribute act, you'd, you'd have Carlos Sanchez in there, wouldn't you? And that's his one yeah. redeeming quality. Um, but yeah, I think he's one that doesn't quite deserve to be in in the list. But who else we got? Uh, Ross McCormack. Talk to me. There, there is absolutely no chance that he doesn't win this group. I thought there you meant he won the competition. Thank you for listening to Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- what you got to consider is that Ross McCormack comes in. It was it ten to fifteen million pound as a marquee signing, a leader, a, yeah. a captain, a, a champion, a marquee solid championship player, a goal scorer. Does absolutely, it does n- not a thing in his Villa career. Not, and I mean, he isn't helped by a managerial change, a tactical change, and the fact that Villa then decided to buy Codger and then Hogan. Like so, they bought these three marquee strikers for the same price range. Yeah, um, the personal issues got on top of him, but it's like it's almost like Sanchez a bit. They moved to Villa. They come in with a bit of a reputation, and then their career just declines. Yeah. Like there was just nothing. They moved to kind of resurrect it. So McCormack went to Motherwell, Nottingham Forest, uh, and did nothing. It was only in, in uh, Australia where he looked kind of any de- any any bit near decent. But for the price tag, the reputation, the hopes pinned on him, Ross McCormack just steals this group. Think about away with it. Think about McCormack though. I'll, I'll be forever grateful to him for giving me one of my favourite intros that I've wrote, which I think it was something like this. Um, have you heard the story about Ross McCormack's massive gate? You'll never get over it. Which I thought, <laughs> I thought that's a pretty good intro, don't you? I think that's quite good. That, that is PQ, that is. <laughs> it is very me, isn't it? Yeah, it is very me. So um, this gate thing, was it, was it locked open or locked shut? Because like, has anyone ever explained it? Because they say it's broken. But like, was it locked open or shut? Well, if it was locked open, he'd be able to get out, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, but it's not about getting out. It's about could he leave his house with the gate open? Uh, was that what, well, was, that what he was mean, saying? Most of us normal people don't have gated houses, so we all have to leave our houses ungated. So he could have surely fair, just get fo- over it. Footballers' houses get burgled like <laughs> like John Terry's one. There's that whatever happened there. Someone left a present for him. Like I can't blame him if it's locked open. <laughs> I think it was locked shut. I don't know. Who cares? It probably wasn't anything yeah. at all. It, it, that, I think that's it was a not line, even the thing, is it? Like that isn't even the thing. It's just like the guy was crap for Villa. Like, absolutely crap. Ross McCormack. He clearly had some personal issues, and yeah, of course. that's affected affected his. Prof- professional life and his professional ability I think Brucey dug him out spectacularly yeah 
by revealing this story. Yeah. And listen, listen, we're in the press, so we've kind of got a vested interest in people telling us interesting things and, you know, kind of, if football was just what happened on a pitch on a Saturday and on a Tuesday night, then it'd be fairly boring. So we like the pantomime element around the sides of it, but I yeah. think it left him nowhere to go really both in terms of his Villa career and both in terms of anybody taking a gamble on him in future I think it kind of I think it killed his confidence and I think it killed killed any chance of him being an asset anymore you know mm. 12 million quid I think Villa paid for him you know he was worth from that from that moment onwards he was worth 2 million at tops and then the, yeah. the following two years <laughs> reduced that to zero I'm already saying now already he goes through as winner the other names in the group, Thiago Alori, Andre Moreira and Simon Dawkins. It'd be it'd be a toss up between Moreira and Dawkins, but at least I think Dawkins is a weird one because it's the injuries kind of knocked his career about and then he yeah. moves to America and wants to get that break and he looks all right and it never really happens for him. Um but Moreira was odd. I just don't I just never got that signing at all. No, so wasn't he um wasn't he a Mendes signing? Wasn't it part of Mendes trying to kind of do I think he did it at Wolves initially, didn't he? Throw through a few duds there before he actually started serving up some to top be, notch yeah, to players. Be fair, like Wolves got a uh, Waitrose and we got Poundland when it comes to Mendes. <laughs> well exactly. You the thing about um think about Marrera. Um and you know this is a really random thing. You know how I I always remember to spell his name? Huh? More and then IRA. <laughs> I don't know why. Just that when foreign players come in, you have to learn to type their names, and I just used to break it down at the word more, and then I all right. So whether I th- whether whether I thought badly politically about him as well, I don't know. Anyway, I'll, I'll never forget that that video that came out. Oh, on, on can you, yeah. can you drop that? Can you drop that in here? It's a bit like when I play, have a kick around in the garden with with my my daughter, and you know you just say, well, I've got to let you know I've got to let a few goals in here. Yeah. It's just like that. Just kind of half put your hand out and stuff like that. So. I think I, I think having thought about it now he he has to go runner up from there. It's just yeah, such a weird I'm, sign in when he, we did see him in those little snippets. There was nothing there, like just an odd odd signing. And Dawkins is just um, he'll just forever be renowned for the lights are still on at Pottymore Heath, won't he? <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know he was condemned from the moment that the Villa unveiled him in such a spectacular fashion. One of my friends, um, Thiago, who kind of um, he's a. A football analyst. You're, not, you're name dropping that Tiago Alori is your friend. <laughs> no, no, not T- not Tiago, but he, not that Tiago. But um, yeah, one of I my s- friends, Jolene's going to be really disappointed <laughs> about being in this list. But I spoke to her about Marrera when Marrera first joined, and he said it like he was really impressed. Like he was hot, wow. like, really excited for us because it's like this guy's. A, he said he's a very talented shot stopper. He needs game time. He's not the best with his feet, but this could be a really smart deal for Villa. And like, you know, he he knows his stuff. So I, whatever what happened there, because that 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 description of him doesn't fit with the video at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're we saying Andre Moreira takes runner up out of this group. Yeah, to, stick yeah. him in there. Stick him right. in there with Ross. Yeah. Group C: Mika Richards, Nicholas Hellenius, Jordan Bowery, Michael Bradley, and Charles Enzogbia. Oh, oh that's a tough man. group. That is. <laughs> that is Charles Enzogbia, and. Barry, I think. Really? You're not taking Michael Richards through to the quarterfinal? I'm not going to take, take Michael Richards through to the quarterfinal for a variety of reasons. And that is because when Charles and Zogby came in, really hyped up. And he was a £9 million signing, right? So we paid money for him. I think we got Richards for free. And I know the wages were a lot, but we've in Zogby, the wages are transfer free and just absolutely not delivering. Whereas at least Richards kind of tried for a little bit, whereas in Zogby just kind of floated around. Oh, I don't know. I, th- I think looking through those names, Bowery and Hellenius are forgettable. Like, yeah, they're rubbish signings, but they just didn't weren't around long enough to do anything that annoyed me enough. Michael Bradley, like, Matt Lynch sent me a photo of him 
as his when I was asking for tweets I asked people to send me their player and obviously most people typed it out Matt sent me a picture of him and I looked at it and thought I can't even think of this guy's name he's that yeah, forgettable yeah but Dan you didn't, you didn't even you, you thought Villa you beat Bayern Munich in the, in the European <laughs> Cup semi-final do you know what I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. thanks for bringing that up again Nicholas Alanius is great because he's just he'll forever be remembered for having his pants pulled down by Jan yeah. Vertonghen wasn't he in that, yeah. um, in that League Cup game that was brilliant that was did you ever read his account of what like why his time at Villa went wrong oh, he was addicted to really painkillers and stuff wasn't he got, he? And he got then like he, a really? flesh eating bacteria and thought he was going to die then he got his pants pulled down as well so I don't think that helps <laughs> That's not how we got the, the flesh-eating bacteria was. <laughs> um, Who else is on the list? Jordan Bowery. He was one of those one of those classic Lambert signings, wasn't it, where we've got no money and we're going to go young and hungry from a lower league and give them a shot at the Premier League. And he's, again, just nothing. Yeah, I'd go in Zogbia and Bowery. Michael Bradley's a harsh one because he's actually a really good player. And I don't know. I, do you have any information, Matt, on why he didn't play at all? Because he just... It was nah. a weird one. He went on to play for Roma, and he's like 150 <laughs> times captain for the uh, United States. So it's it's really. Odd. Didn't he go on? Didn't he go on to become the best paid player in the states for a while? Yeah, I think he probably he, think he probably still took a pay cut from what Villa paid him, but I'm sure I'm sure he did. <laughs> yeah, I, I just so, remember remember he played away. At, um, we played away at Man City, and, and Julio made a load of changes in the cup, and we got, we got knocked out. Bradley, the game just passed him by. Mm. Which was strange because you th- you thought he'd come in and be a bit of an athlete and, and have a bit of energy and, and, and get around the place, but he was just he was just flat. He just he gave the impression he didn't want to be there. I think he'd been lined up to come when he thought Bob Bradley was going to get the job. Yeah, um, when he thought his dad was going to oh. get the job, and I don't know whether they were still commit still committed to going through with that or what. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm putting Richards through, and I'm putting Nzogbia through because they're yes. Both, both exceptionally well played, play, well played, well paid, and for various reasons they just didn't uh, didn't deliver. Although I did love that picture went from John Zogbier when he was wearing a pair of curtains. Um, <laughs> yeah, in a dressing room at Bodymore once that was great. I think Zogbier is probably the winner. At first, thought yeah. I look, I looked at that and thought M- Mika Richards was that was the standout. I think, because, like you said earlier, because there was some expectation that Charles and Zogby was going to be a half-decent signing to replace, was it Stuart Downing, I think, from uh, when we signed him from Wigan? Yeah, kind that's of right. Nine and a half, ten million. You kind of think, well, you know, he's got a good, decent left foot on him, bit of pace, like he, he might be okay. And to be such a drop in mm. expectations versus reality, we're paying him, I don't know how much the wage was, but I seem to remember it being a fairly high number. Ten million transfer for a fee. Yeah, I think he probably goes through as the biggest waste of space in this group. Mika Richards, again, I'd put through as runner-up just because, again, massively, you know, decent expectations to sign him on a free free transfer. Yeah, well, listen, we can, speak, we can speak a bit more about him if he's in the next round anyway. Crack on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> group D, we've got Angel Crespo, Danny Drinkwater, Yakuba Silla, Kieran Richardson and Aaron Tishbola. Thoughts? I could be tempted to put drink water for Wow. That's bold. A, cur- a current player. A lot goes on behind closed doors, right? I'm sure Villa has been fighting training because it's, it's a contact sport. So people are always going to get kick off. But it comes out of drink water, like, uh, hits a current player as well, Hutter. And uh, that tops it for me. Oh, that really does top it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is really harsh to include drink water, but when he's lined up against those players, you think, yeah, they're all a bit rubbish or didn't play, but none of them has hit another Villa player. <laughs> do, you know the, do you know the thing for me with drink water? 
And I don't think... I think he was willing on the pitch. And I don't think he was quite, quite as dreadful as people made out. Problem was, he was, he was recruited to replace John McGinn, who's yeah. the all-action, super-energy, kind of high-octane midfielder, box-to-box, your archetypal box-to-box, who covers every blade of grass. And then you've got Danny Drinkwater. It's like the hair in the tortoise, isn't it? In one, in, I just think, what, what, what did we want him for? What was he there yeah. to do? Was he an improvement yeah. on anything we'd got? Really? Yeah, I think the more you've spoken about drink water, the more that's a fair inclusion. Again, having when we signed him, we all kind of had a little raised eyebrow to think, well, he's not even playing for Burnley, so is this really who we need? We're paying him a lot of wages. He's not much fit. He's barely played. Then he gets into a training ground bust up, and you think, mm, this is not turning out in any way. Mm. There's no positive here at all. Does he win this group just by default? Because he's a little bit worse than the rest. Angel Crespo, who again, a bit forgettable, didn't really do anything. I feel that's the little bit kind of shrug my shoulders, don't really care about him. Yakuba Silla had a little bit of. I seem to remember a couple of games where I thought, hey, he's not actually that bad. Didn't we have this conversation of the week when I said that I kind of did, did some digging into the stats because Village seemed to be be more successful with him yes. in the team and then I checked out all the stats and he just happened to be complete coincidence because he was cracking all the categories <laughs> yeah. I think that I mean he got a he got a great yeah. chance and he came from a club called Claremont Foot um, which was a great name for a football club Claremont Foot um, but other than that I don't think he had a great deal to distinguish him um, no. what I would say is Crespo potentially because if we go back to the year that Villa were relegated in 2015-16 we're all getting super excited weren't we about about this um, spending spree Uh, the transfer committee of Hendrik Almstad and Tom Fox and Paddy Riley and Tim Sherwood delivered this kind of nine or ten signings was Crespo the crappiest one of the foreign recruits because a lot of them, a lot of the other ones who didn't Possibly. do that well for Villa have gone gone on to reinvent themselves back across Europe. And, yeah. you know, Armavi, um, Veritu, and who else? Idris Agana Guy, um, Traore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of them were actually very good players in the wrong place at the wrong time, whereas Crespo, I think, was a rubbish player then. And I should imagine probably continues to be a rubbish player. <laughs> Are we forgetting how bad Kieran Richardson was, though? Yeah. This Kevin is- McDonald was playing him so- over Armavi. <laughs> The problem here is you've got a lot of players who are, are quite bad, but I think Richardson came, came in on a free right and he was crap. Yeah. Whereas Tish Bowler, like you pay five million, he's meant to be the next big thing, and he, 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 yeah. he only wants to play under Steve Clark because he knows him. Who are we going to stick in? I don't know. I think this is quite difficult. What do you two think? I I'm think I put Drinkwater down as a winner just because he's we've he's we found the best argument for him out of all the rest so far, so he has to win by default. It's the runner up that I am struggling with. It could really be any of those and I wouldn't be that bothered. I'd probably go Drinkwater for the reasons outlined, and I probably would go Tish Bowler. Um because he, he unlike Moreira, there's not an easy way of breaking down his surname. And <laughs> what I would also say is he kind of is the poster boy for that kind of you know, our plan to sign young and hungry players from the lower leagues yeah. and how it went wrong. There's ones, we've had Matt Loughton who, who went, came in and did, did decent and we've had Westwood who, despite splitting opinion, did did okay. But I think I think Tish Bowler's the one who almost kind of, I don't know, little fish in a big pond syndrome, just couldn't, yeah. couldn't deliver on, on the hype. Now, I know the hype wasn't his fault, but... He just wasn't wasn't really. Nor good. was the hype that big, really. 
<laughs> yeah, point taken. Yeah, he wasn't being proclaimed as the as the next Sid Cowens, was he, or the yeah, exactly. the new Messi or something? He was just, oh, this kid's supposed to be decent at Reading. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think that probably swings it for me, you know, because that was the start of that was the first that was the year we went down, wasn't it? As well, that was a Di Matteo signing that you come in and think, right, we're going to build a decent squad to get us back up. Tish Bowler comes in with a little bit of a reputation. We spent five mil on this kid, and he does absolutely nothing, and then goes out and loan a couple of times, I think, and then eventually gets sold to somebody I don't even remember can I say one more thing about Tish Bowler why does he need why does the word Aaron need two A's this is coming from a person who's got Matt with one T <laughs> yeah but you only need one T why does Matt need two T's <laughs> just take your superfluous A and get through to the quarterfinals Tishy Bowler yeah onto the knockouts a bit we've all been waiting for <laughs> right who's the first quarterfinal so the group A winner was Jolien Lescott who was playing the runner up of group B it was Andre Moreira. Uh, the other quarterfinal was the A runner-up, which was Alexander Tonev, and he is playing Ross McCormack. So the winner of Group C was Charles Nzogbia, and he's playing the runner-up of Group D, who was Aaron Tishbola. Or Mika Richards and Danny Drinkwater. Go on, then let's, let's decide the first quarterfinal. So that would be Tonev versus Ross McCormack. What I will say about Tonev is... At least Ross McCormack didn't get it done for a racial abuse whilst trying to resurrect his career. <laughs> like wow. that is that's a that's a winner. What, what's your gut feeling, Matt, when when you see those two names next to each other? Apart from feeling sick, my gut feeling is that probably McCormack. But I've, I just I don't I want this to I want a bit of variety in the final stages of this competition. I don't want it to be all the kind of all the big Classics. seeds getting through I want you know you know yeah. what I mean I, I want some kind of um, third world nation to, to to strike a blow for the common man really so so you want you want to do some match fixing <laughs> I'm not <laughs> basically I'm not saying that I'm he's got to do that. a Suarez handball on the line to like just prevent the result <laughs> what I'm saying is yeah I'm thinking Ross in this one I am thinking mm. Ross but I'm, I'm not I'm not saying the big boys are going to get through in the in the you know, in the following cup ties. So you're you're going Ross uh, and James. You've gone Tonev. Yeah. So you're the deciding vote, man. I'm going to go Ross McCormack, just because of the hype and the the hope that we we're about to build build a side that was going to get us back to the Premier League and be an absolute dud. Yeah. I'm just going to chuck him in there as the worst club statement for a player leaving the club. Twenty-seven words. It was. What, is that what it was? Words. Someone sent it. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah, it was like one line. The, the club has come to an agreement to terminate his contract. Thanks, Ross. Bye. Was basically it. So, just for the the, the best uh, exit statement that I've seen, I'm I'm going to go Ross McCormack as well in, through to the semi final two one. Second quarter final, Jolien Lescott versus Andre Moreira. Two players head to head here for, for two very different reasons. This shouldn't be as difficult as I, I'm making it in my head, but Moreira was genuinely crap but Lescott like I remember being not excited by his signing but it seemed like a decent move at least a semi-decent move to make and he wasn't he he had the Richards problem of being he had the Richards problem of being like fairly alright until the the wheels completely fell off whereas Marrero was just crap all the time see I look at that and go I I agree with what you're saying but there's just if you if you said what's your what are your memories of the squad of the year that we went down I just think Lescott every time yeah. he epitomised how rubbish we were that year and all the off the pitch stuff with the, the comments after we got, went down and the, the car tweet and oh, I can't get into the car tweet again on another but he was podcast, worse but... off the pitch than on the pitch he wasn't that well he was bad he played a part in the, fir- the first Villa team to get relegated for a generation he was supposed to be one of the senior players and didn't really show any leadership but 
Other than that, he was all right. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, cast my, mem- my mind back, but I think I've erased memories of that year, of the actual on-the-pitch stuff. Like, I couldn't tell you whether he had any good moments at all. I just seem to remember him just clumsily walking around defence and just looking uninterested all the time and just being annoyed with him all the time. The problem with Lescott and Richards is not necessarily just their ability, but I think they got found out very quickly by the fact that the rest of the team just wasn't playing, so they became the focus. Because A, yeah. they're the two centre-backs, and B, the whole team is getting played through, so they're the focus of every single goal. Every single goal that Villa got hammered Fair. by that season went through them. So there was a lot of focus on them, and like as much as Gay and Veritu and everyone else went on to succeed, like those were the guys who were meant to be giving, or the strikers who who weren't giving any, any pressure, they were meant to be kind of taking the pressure off of Lescott and Richards, who just had so much to deal with, and eventually just gave up. Or completely mm. gave up. What if? What, what's it say for the minnows, though? If we're trying to rig this, <laughs> does it say for the lesser nations? I'm well here for them. <laughs> we're going with Lescott. Oh, you yeah. can't go with Lescott, surely. You Tasty semi-final ahead, by the way. Ross McCormack versus Jolie and Lescott. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. <laughs> <laughs> Quarter-final number three: Charles and Zogbia versus Aaron Tishbola. A clear winner there for me, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's in soccer without a question, isn't it? When he's hyped like like the best dribble, one of the best dribblers in Europe, and he comes in, I think the only dribbling he did was like on his pillow sleeping. Like, <laughs> genuinely, like there's just nothing going on, man. Oh goodness me! Matt wants to put Tishbowler here oh, through just... as the underdog. I can feel it, but I can't. I'm not having it. I can't. I don't mind Nzogbia going through. I mean, the fight, I think the, fight, the thing that I find strange about Nzogbia is for quite a high-profile guy. You know, he'd kind of played for in Newcastle, hadn't he? And he'd had the kind of joking here. He'd called him Charles Insomnia, hadn't he? Um, yeah. And he'd been... He was a big name in Premier League terms, you know, for a couple of years. He's just disappeared off the face of the earth since then. So I think we, I'll justify getting him through just so he can have a bit of attention again. Because <laughs> what's happened to him? Didn't he go to um, Sunderland and train with them for yeah, a little while? Yeah, I think, I think that's in that Sunderland till I die thing. It's just like, he's mentioned in passing as having turned up and then they just never <laughs> see him. Like, <laughs> just like never, never, never hear him again. And I'll be turned up for a bit, but we'll just ignore that. Forget it. Last quarterfinal then. Mika Richards, Danny Drinkwater. Very tempted to put Drinkwater through. Very, very tempted. Just, um, just for bunts. It just, no, it, honestly, all you can say about Drinkwater, it just goes down to the expectation, um, the transfer window, the context of the signing, and the punch. Like, at least with Mika Richards, there is some level of, at least he says he tried. You know what I mean? At least but, he says, I was injured and tried, and tried and tried. But, and obviously we're still in a position where we don't even know if football's coming back yet, Jan- Danny Drinkwater hasn't had enough time to show that... No. He is decent. Mm. Like if if the if we've got ten games left, if if and when those get played, and Danny Drinkwater scores three goals and we stay up, and we've put him through to the final of the, <laughs> the worst player ever, is that is that too harsh? We know we we already know what the rest of the guys have they've been and gone yeah. and had their Villa careers, and we know the full story, or we know most of their stories. Danny Drinkwater, yes, so far it's been unfit, looked slow, looked off it and punch somebody or headbutt yeah. somebody or whatever he did that's bad but he could still potentially redeem himself is that fair? Richards couldn't redeem himself though could he? like that that's the issue is if we if we want Drinkwater to redeem himself and I hope he does because I want every player in a Villa shirt to succeed um, for their for their career and for Villa's sake but good caveat Ri- Richards didn't have the opportunity 
to redeem himself because of what he'd went yeah, through. Fair. Which is a big issue because if you're saying, oh, he's crap because of that season, again, it comes to that Lescott thing of this is the guy that everyone had to rely on. When Gabby weren't turning up, this is the guy who had suddenly the entire Villa world come crashing down on him. Um, everyone else kind of managed to shrug it off where Richards is really stuck with that stink. Is, um, is Drinkwater going to redeem himself though? How is he going to redeem himself? Pro- you know, what's he going to do? Not, grow, but... grow long hair and a moustache and change his name and come back as Eddie Eat Food or something like that? And, do you know what I mean? What's he... He's done, isn't he? He's done. This has all been thrown out of sync, mate. I've, I've, my chances of rigging the competition have just disappeared. So I don't really care now. I just want to get through to the end. I'll, 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 I don't mind which which one you vote. They're all a bunch of wasters anyway, aren't they, to be fair? Go on, Dan. You have a choice then. You choose. You've got to put you've got to put Richards in there. Yeah. I think. Didn't Richards do the old Zulu sign? Yes, he did. Um, and he decided he didn't know what it was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. He deserves it then. <laughs> yeah, send it for it. Thanks send for that contribution, it. Matt. Semi-finals. Obviously, we don't need to talk about all these players' careers at length again now, as, we, as we're approaching fifty minutes yeah. of recording. We've kind of gone through it, so we've got semi-finals. Oh, and another one. thing about Carlos Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> Semi-final number one. Ross McCormack versus Jolien Lescott. Semi-final number two, Charles Anzogbia versus Mika Richards. And we'll start with the first one, the early kickoff. Ross McCormack <laughs> against Jolien Lescott. In all these semi-finals, right, you've got a really funny problem. Is they were all linked with Sunderland after leaving after uh, leaving <laughs> Villa or after Villa got relegated. Um, McCormack's actually the funny one because in that, that Sunderland documentary you mentioned, like, they, they pin their hopes on him, on him joining. And I'm like... Why would you do that? And they get really upset that the move fell through. And I, I think you dodged a bullet there. I, I'd like. I think we send Ross McCormack through. Don't you think it's it's strange that you've got a situation where you've got somebody in Jolene Lescott who's got such a grasp, so high tech and so clued up about modern technology that he can he can tweet using his buttocks. <laughs> and on the other side, yet in the other corner, you've got Ross McCormack <laughs> who can't open a gate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, we, should we decide it in those terms, or do you want to decide it on what they did on the football pitch? Oh God, I don't know. I can't. I don't think I can separate these two. Nah. They, they, they're with oh God, it is difficult. If it was Ross McCormack versus Mika Richards, I'd be kind of excusing the Mika Richards relegation thing with the, you know, he, he fronted up to the fans against whoever we played in that cup game, and he was injured. So you know, that's that's not his fault, and you know, it wasn't his it wasn't his decision for somebody to pay him eighty grand or whatever it was, like and give him five year deals or whatever. You know, how yeah. long we were stuck with him. That none of that was his fault. It's just he was a victim of circumstance. Julian Lescott, he did bad things off his own back. I say bad, like he's not killed anyone or anything but in football terms he did some silly things and said stupid things and obviously Ross McCormack had off the field problems as well so So what I would say about Lescott I think everything he tried to do was either A to cover his own back or B to fix the situation and it would just constantly blow up like uh, like Tom and Jerry like just constantly getting worse (laughs) like everything he did he was like chasing his own tail all the time just like trying to fix the last thing like he'd cocked up and it just got worse and worse and like the last thing he says is and I can completely understand why he said it it's like relegation it's a weight off our shoulders it's over you know we've, we've, we've committed we sank it what came out was oh yeah it's a weight off our shoulders and like that that's yeah. the, the, the the little voice bit that goes out and if you say it and I, I, it does get taken without context but if you say that in such a drastic situation to try and fix things it just gets worse and I don't think he had the understanding of that fans weren't able to take on his context because he never presented it like the tweet the tweet just goes out and he's never able to present it in a context he just goes oh it was accidental but that he, he doesn't give the context to frame the situation and he never did that and just constantly made things worse um 
I think the effort to try and fix things at least goes in his favour, whereas Ross McCorback weren't asked. Jolene Lescott since the relegation. He's always on Sky. He's always on various things popping up out of nowhere going, oh, I was a Villa fan and now they hate me and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, I'll do one, mate. No one cares. So I, I, I'm put, I put Lescott through to the final is my vote. I don't, I, I don't know what I don't know on this one. Can we do it in alphabetical order? Lescott wins. <laughs> That's good enough for me. I'll go Lescott. Are you going Lescott? Well, you, yeah. James, you go McCormack, but you don't. You just you, you outvoted. So, go, it I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> so Le- Jolene Lescott makes it through to the final. Semi-final number two: Charles and Zogbia versus Mika Richards. Yeah, I, I'm going to go for Zogbia. At least Mika Richards. There was no transfer for. Is it Mika or Mika? I'm sure it's Mika, but I keep saying I switch a lot. I'm sure he said it's Micah. His body, his body let him down, didn't it? You're too, you're too young to remember. You, I want you to Google this, either now or at a, at a future date. Have you ever heard of that. Wizbit? Wizbit? If you Google Wizbit, he's a cartoon. He was like this kind of character, <laughs> this children's TV character when I was a kid. He's like this big, big yellow triangle. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm well, at it now. Where's this going? Well, my my theory is that Mika Richards is a bit like an upside down Wizbit, where all of his all of his upper body strength <laughs> is kind of being concentrated to this point of his legs, and I think eventually, because he was such this beast, I think his legs gave in. I think he would have loved to play football. I think he'd have loved to kept what was a very impressive career going by playing for Aston Villa. The thing that really annoyed me is why, why when we knew that his body was spent, how there couldn't be some agreement, you know, with 18 months, two years of his contract left. There couldn't be some agreement grown up between the club and the player to say, OK, we're not going to pay the whole lot, but we can pay you half of it or whatever. Because yeah. it, just, it just kind of exacerbated the situation. The more yeah. he was there, you know, and we heard people saying, oh, yeah, he's great. He's great around the dressing room. You're thinking, listen, that's a very expensive cheerleader. I think Richard's worst problem is he probably wanted to desperately fix what had happened on the pitch or at least kind of put himself in the shop window by playing and then he was he was never able to like so are we saying that Charles and Zobby beat Mika Richards in the semi-final I think so just for effort because at least with Richards there was kind of the sense of effort or the sense that he probably wanted to do better whereas in Zobby was just happy to just coast you saying that as well Matt you, do, do you agree yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry, mate. I'm so hungry. We're doing this at the wrong time. The big grand finale for the worst Villa player in the last decade all comes down to this. Happy Bay. (laughs) Charles and Zogbia versus Jolie and Lescott. Two titans of the game going head to head in the award for the worst Villa player of the last decade. What's your gut reaction before before we get stuck into the the hows, whys and whats? My gut reaction is just to say Lescott, to be honest. Yeah, same. Lescott just constantly stuck in a circle of sticking his foot in his mouth and was never never able to get out of it. And I think kind of his explanation for it, at least he offers an explanation, but he's he's in a worse situation than just being a bad player or a below average player. So, yeah, I do think it goes on Lescott. And I don't know, because this, this all sounds really harsh now, I'm declaring him the worst. <laughs> worst I feel a bit sorry for him now. What's your, what's your gut, gut saying, Matt? My gut saying can kind of feed me, basically. <laughs> Um, I think with Lescott, I think he qualifies for several reasons. I think he qualifies because he he did play a part in. I think he ticks ticks a lot of the boxes. To be honest, he, he did play a part in Villa's worst season for a generation that got him relegated out of the league. He was actually one of the senior players with Premier League experience, so mm. he was expected to be a leader within yeah. that. Previously, he was in pretty good form 
for West Brom. I think he was their player of the year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although it is telling that Tony Pulis was prepared to let him go. <laughs> um, and I think, so there's that. that. That's even before we talk about this kind of, you know, this tendency to shoot himself in the foot. So I, I do think, he, and let's, let's layer it on, let's give him a proper kicking. And... <laughs> Like you said, when he's been on 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 doing punditry since, he's kind of almost giving it the kind of yeah, Villa fans didn't like me. Well, yeah, there's a reason for that, isn't there? Yeah. There's a reason for it. We lost six nil to Liverpool, and it was shocking. And you tweeted a picture of a flash sports car. We got relegated with a shocking defensive record, and you were at the cent- You know, you were at the centre of that defence. I think it's almost the kind of refusal to to take responsibility for that. Even you know, even several years on. So I don't know. I don't don't want to don't want to kick the bloke when he's down. But you have anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been terrible. I think looking at the two, we've kind of by a, a kind of chance of luck, we've ended up with the kind of beginning of the decline versus the end of the decline. With Charles and Zogbia being the, yeah. the, like the the fresh signing of here's ten million on a winger that probably should perform better than they did, but ultimately doesn't do a lot and you know yeah yeah Villa lose out a lot of money but ultimately Villa don't suffer too much of a result of Charles and Dogby's lack of effort. Jolene Lescott comes through as a free agent to kind of I don't know give us something at the back a bit of leadership if nothing else. Steady the ship. Mm -hmm. You know we've been on years of decline hopefully this is something this is a sign that can give us a little bit of something but his lack of effort and his lack of ability results in Villa going down and there is a, a realist, a, an actual real impact to him being a rubbish footballer. So as much as Ch- Charles and Zobia makes it all the way to the final because he's he's also a terrible footballer, it, I don't I don't care too much about him. He like he kind of disappeared into the sunset, didn't he? That I don't see Charles and Zobia about talking about talking about us on Talksport anymore. So I've kind of just forgot all about him. Whereas Lescott mm. keeps popping up here, over there, here, there, and everywhere, and it reminds me of how much I hate him every time. Oh, hello. Yes. I really hate that man. That's me watching Jolly Lescott whenever he pops up on Sky. Just, I really hate that man. I just had somebody on from Portugal, a bloke called Tiago, saying Lescott's a great player. <laughs> <laughs> really rates him. <laughs> My vote goes to Jolly and Lescott. Do we all, are we all unanimous on that decision? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Give him the prize. Before we started, we kind of thought maybe we'll do a top five, but we decided to do this massively long-winded effort to get to a, to get to a final. I thought this was going to be like a fifteen-minute episode, and we've hit an hour somehow. Um, but now we've kind of been left with a top four with the semi-final. So the top four players, worst players from the Aston Villa's last decade, are Ross McCormack, Jolene Lescott, Mika Richards, and Charles and Zogbia. Is there any glaring omissions there? Is anyone that you feel is unlucky not to have got to that stage? Going back through. <laughs> unlucky not to have got to the worst. <laughs> Tonov probably dodged a bullet because if he'd come up against someone else like Marrera, he'd probably be in the, end up being in the final. Um, I think Bakuna not even getting to the quarterfinal is is very lucky. Do you know the worst thing about it? That we've not exactly been sport for choice, have we? Do you I know, know what I mean? Yeah. And I've probably, probably used this analogy before, but it's like trying to um, trying to find the, the smallest of the seven dwarves, and it trying to find the worst <laughs> Villa player from the last yeah. the last yeah. ten years. You know how bleak is it that we we've had all these options, and we probably could have we probably could have had a round of thirty two or a round of sixty four, to be <laughs> honest. Because without trying to have delusions of grandeur uh, as an Aston Villa fan, and you know rival fans will say we're giving it the big end and stuff, but some of the players that Aston Villa have signed and then um, subsequently kind of banished in the last 10 years wouldn't yeah. have been fit to wear the shirt of, of many many yeah. many vintages of Villa teams that I've seen down the years so it's pretty bleak 
to be honest. So fair play to the winner. <laughs> They've had to go some to achieve well that, done. haven't they? <laughs> also, if we were doing a, a, a you know the best play of the last decade, you I think you'd struggle to even think of twenty contenders for that. I think we like, just have to reverse engineer this, wouldn't we? And go back to the group yeah. stage and just pick one from there. <laughs> I think you'd, you'd probably get maybe four or five players that think, oh yeah, they are they are decent, like a Benteke and a Grealish and people like that. Whereas like you get to the bottom of that 20 list and it'd be somebody totally random that isn't even that good because there isn't a standout yeah. 20 very good mm. player. So in a time where you know everyone's a everyone's a bit negative and there's a lot of rubbish in the world it'll be difficult to do a positive episode of the best players of Aston Villa because there isn't enough whereas with the worst the worst of Aston Villa like you say we could have gone a lot bigger than 20 so yeah, yeah. it's quite bleak really but I've had a laugh I've enjoyed myself for the last hour have you two had a, a nice time Lescott Scott won't be having a laugh will he <laughs> <laughs> pulled all that weight back on his shoulders if you've enjoyed this episode of Claret Blue I didn't think this was going to be a podcast episode because I thought it'd be a lot shorter but it is long enough to be a podcast now so if you've enjoyed listening to our, our rambles of the worst Villa player from the last decade uh, let us know what you thought get involved in comment sections and on Twitter and, and Facebook and all the rest of it to let us know if we were right with our winner whether anyone was harsh to not get not get through to the latter stages you know there's probably names that we've missed off even the list of 20 so do get involved with us and, uh, and get, interact with us on Twitter and social media and all the rest of it uh, thank you to Matt and James for joining me this afternoon and we'll see you again soon with another great content idea where we think of the title before we think of the episode thank you very much and uh, up the villa your sh- <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to Claret and Blue an Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode until then up the villa up the villa